Okay, welcome back, all of you 80s fantasy woodcutters, <laughs> to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by my lovely wife, Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing the 2018 action horror film, Mandy. This one also does not have a tagline. Makes sense, because there's barely any words spoken. Yeah, they keep it, keep it nice and... Nice and aloof before the craziness happens. <laughs> Hit that music. Boogies, everyone. This is episode 11 of the fifth annual Halloween Screamathon. Now, I'm not out here trying to find every weird Nicolas Cage film. That's like, a lie. I will say, in the last like decade, the last for sure five years, but I'd say a decade, Nicolas Cage has had himself a little bit of a renaissance in movie form. Now, he's, he's made amazing films. Raising Arizona is one of my favorite Nicolas Cage films, like, of all time. It's really, really good. But, well, Con Air's up there, too. National Treasure. National Treasure is a solid one, but there's some really, really good movies out there. But I, I don't know when it started. I don't know what movie is the one that set the world, I don't know. Back on... Nicholas Cage. Cage. Uh, now I remember when Willy's Wonderland came out in that trailer. I was like, "Oh, it's like Five Nights at Freddy's. That's really cool." Oh, Nicholas Cage is in it. Oh, he's gonna have to fight and he's gonna be scared. Oh, he's not scared. Oh, he's fighting the monsters. He is the monster. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and what's the one he did with Pedro Pascal? I don't know the name of unbearable that. Unbearable. Oh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. It looks amazing. Have not seen it. Uh, you, you can tell a movie is good enough when it has memes about it. And so when they're driving in the car, Nicolas Cage just like looks at Pedro Pascal and Pedro has the biggest smile on his face. The doofiest smile. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It makes me happy inside to see Nicolas Cage just do whatever he wants and the movies come out. Mom and Dad's another one where some like disease, some chemical in the world makes all the parents go insane and so the two their two children are trying to def defend themselves against um nicholas cage is the dad and the mom is not parker posey it's someone that looks like parker posey sounds like the mighty Morphin power rangers yeah with the ooze yeah the ooze. <laughs> so this film for the uninitiated mandy is a lot but the closest thing I can tell you is it is a 80s film about a woodcutter and his girlfriend Mandy gets taken from him uh, physically and spiritually and he goes on a rampage of revenge and violence in her name honestly that's it from a very crazy cult 
uh, the, the music is absolutely amazing. Johan Johannesson did the music, and he passed away in February of 2018. So this movie came out at Sundance uh, Film Festival. It premiered, and then he passed away right after. And then it came out on like on demand and a little bit in theaters in September of that year. So he passed away. But Johan Johannesson did a ton of films. Uh, Sicario, the list is, I'm not going to give him any type of justice, but he was a very big name in just like audio music for movies. And it's a shame he passed away. Another cool fun fact, this movie was produced by a ton of people, but one, Elijah Wood. Now, Elijah Wood has started to branch out into producing, acting, directing, directing and writing scary films uh, probably a lot of ton of different genres but he seems to dip back into horror a lot of the time and so his production company well, he started in like sin city right oh, yeah when he, he was that he was a villain yeah bad guy yeah <laughs> that was a really good one he didn't talk he just ate people yep yeah so specter vision is his film production company uh, founded in 2010 so yeah, he's with a focus on psychological thriller and horror films. Uh, I want to say there's probably three or four movies he's done. With Nick Cage. Yes. Like, but, at, with Nick Cage as the protagonist. Yes. So, it's very exciting. I, I It makes me happy. It's just like whenever we see a film and we see an executive producer, like with Spree, the one where... Um, Uber driver goes crazy. Yes. Uh, Drake was an executive producer. So some of these people, they tell me, like, hey, this movie's probably going to be a banger. Like, you know, you want to get on the floor and help us with this? Like, yeah, man. Here's a bag of money. He's like, that did great. I'm like, that was fun. <laughs> I want to executive produce something else. So and that's kind of what happens. Uh, you see Will Ferrell's name a lot in shows and movies and stuff. And John C. Riley, It's, you know, these actors and stuff, they're like, I believe in this idea. And sometimes you don't get... The, the right amount of money that you deserve for a project. So I'm going to help you out with this. So it's really cool to see Elijah Wood out here aiming and making some really interesting interesting's the best word for it indie films. So Katie what did you think about Mandy? This movie was weird as fuck. <laughs> and I don't know what I was expecting but it sure wasn't this. It wasn't bad, but it's not a movie I would go back and watch multiple times. Like, it was weird to the point, and, like, it looked cool. There was a lot of really cool film techniques that they used in this film that you don't really get to see a lot, but it wasn't, there wasn't enough for me to, like, come back to it a bunch of times. Like, it's definitely not going to be in my top anything. It was like, yeah, that happened. And it was way too long. Like, I liked it, but it was too long for a horror movie. <laughs> Especially a horror movie where the cast is only, like, seven people. Like, way too long. I thought this film was cool. Now, sure, it wasn't that scary, but we watch a lot of films that really aren't that scary, but they have spooky adjacent. And this one had some really scary visuals and stuff like that. Um, but I enjoyed the change. There was claymation in it. There was animation in it. And uh, some sick-ass visuals, man. It This felt like an 80s 
fantasy. It was, it was like uh, heavy metal. If you ever seen that movie, that is quintessential 80s and sci-fi and just crazy images and visuals and stuff like that. This is what it made me feel when I was watching it. Now, this kind of movie is right up my alley. It's craziness. And it made me smile multiple times. He makes a sweet-ass axe that looks like the letters of some metal band. And actually, it was the letter F from a metal band. I'll look it up later. But yeah, it, it was an actual letter from, like, how they write their name. And it, it's a, this is a sick-ass movie. I liked it a lot. Now, sure, it was weird. Did I understand it fully? No. It seems like it was a journey in the mind of covering alcoholic or you don't even know where he's from and why he's so good with weapons i assume he is some type of soldier something like that and he's really good with weapons and he stopped doing it he was like i'm good man i'm out of the game i met someone nice they oh oh she got taken away from me now i gotta fight again that sounds like a lot of a lot of movies you like otis yes it does and i actually have a seven word that mixes three movies together to make this movie so uh, but I, I actually absolutely enjoyed it I would love to get this movie I am going to get this movie and I want to listen to the uh, commentary with this and just get everything you know there's always little things that pop up later it's like oh I did this because I remember having a dream about this and uh, you know I'm like oh that's really cool so we will get through this story pretty quick for its length the story, and we really sit down and think about it, it's really not that long. But a lot of scenes, uh, they let scenes breathe, and Nicolas Cage got to just be Nicolas Cage. There's multiple scenes where he's dealing with loss and anger, and it, <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage, man. So, But this film is 121 minutes. So long. And we saw this on Shudder. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's on a couple of apps, uh, for sure, Amazon, but uh, we checked it out on Shudder. So, the movie starts, this is in 1983, uh, they don't outwardly say that this is Earth or R 1983 later on, there might Maybe be... We do. It's Oregon. Yeah, but I don't know, it might be a different Oregon, you know what I mean, like... Get out of here. It's well, our earth. Well, at the end, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about the ending. So, near the Shadow Mountains. I don't know if those are real mountains in Oregon. But, we meet up with Red. His name is Red. And he has a very solitary life. He is a woodcutter. Uh, yeah, a woodcutter. That's the best word for it. He lives with his girlfriend, Mandy. And she is a artist. And she paints these really psychedelic and beautiful... 80s paintings and if you don't know what I mean when I say like psychedelic 80s paintings think of like giant moons and giant wolves and uh, lasers and uh, really nice purples and orange colors and stuff like that you probably have an uncle or an aunt that has a shirt that has like a gigantic wolf on it howling that's just probably an 80s like three wolf moon yeah or any band, any fucking psychedelic or hair metal band, they probably have some picture of them, and it's it, this is perfect. So he works as a logger, like I said, woodcutter, 
And she has a day Lumberjack job. Lumberjack is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And she works at a gas station, I guess, or some type of store. It had to been a gas station. And she's a cashier that doesn't have a register, as Katie pointed out. But she had two of the little, she could make receipts, but there was no cashier, like, thing. And she put she the was, money in a box. She was just using a little tiny box. Yep, yep. So, by their cabin, by the lake, you know, they have a very nice, quiet life. Red comes in with his, like, corny-ass knock-knock jokes, and she's painting, and they talk about their favorite planets and stuff. They seem like they're very happy together. I hope nothing happens to them. I hope they have a very beautiful life together. So anyway, the next day, (laughs) Mandy dies. No, Uh, Mandy, she's walking down the road, and she gets spotted by the Children of the New Dawn. And it's a religious cult led by Jeremiah Sand. Sounds like a douchebag, because it is a douchebag. And Sand sees Mandy and is just smitten by her beauty. And he needs her. Needs this woman in his cult, in his life. He cannot function if Mandy is not there. So he tells his disciples, uh, for sure Brother Swan, to kidnap Mandy. And to call on their little helpers called the Black Skulls. So it is a, I suppose they're, they're not human. We'll, we'll say there's some type of demon. So they call on this demonic biker gang that use some fancy pants super drug and get super duper high Later on, they use LSD, well, the cult, so I'm assuming it's some form of LSD, but it's some super drug because... Super LSD. Yeah. It's gray, and it's carried in a jar, and later on, Red tastes the tiniest bit on his finger, and he pictures his head melting. He goes on a wild-ass trip. So, it's, it's fucking weird. So, uh, Brother Swan is to call upon this gang to kidnap Mandy. So that night, Brother Swan drives out to the lake and summons the Black Skulls and he blows on a, they call it the Horn of Abraxas, but it's an ocarina. But I guess that, no, it's not a horn. That's not a horn. Katie's like, but that's an ocarina. Oh, that was for sure an ocarina. You said a pumice ocarina. Was a, was an ocarina made out of a pumice stone is what that was. <laughs> so... When the biker gang pop out, Brother Swan offers them one of the members of the cult, a real chunky boy, (laughs) and apparently he's useless anyway, so they're like, yeah, go ahead and kill him, we don't care, and they hand over a jar of the super drug, and the cult drink it, and they're like, mmm, nummy, well, we'll be back. Mmm, super drugs. Right, mmm, it's my favorite. So they break into Mandy and Red's home. And they knock Red out real quick. They hold him down and just bop him in the head. Mandy is taken to see her, you know, her new husband, you know, dragged over. So Mother Marlene, some cultists, and Sister Lucy, they drug Mandy with LSD before she goes to see Jeremiah Sand. And so Jeremiah Sand is... He's made to be like Charles Manson, so... He, for people that don't know, Charles Manson, um, he led a lot of people to do a lot of bad things. 
but technically, I'm saying this with a face, technically, he didn't kill anybody, you know what I mean? You know, some people say this shit like this. He didn't kill anybody. And, you know, he might have said something, but these people are their own people. They shouldn't have been listening to him. Um, but yes, um, he had a cult, and for sure, there was drugs involved to keep people not thinking straight. And a lot of people love this man, love to the point where they would do terrible things to people, just like Sharon Tate. And that movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know how that good ending where Brad Pitt beats the shit out of the cultists and Sharon Tate is fine? Yeah, that complete opposite happened in real life. A lot of bad things happened to Sharon Tate that night. So, there's some type of metaphor. So, Jeremiah Sand is a bad person. He is trying to seduce Mandy, so he's, he's got his little dingling out. And, um... He's playing music that he created for Mandy, and he's like, do you like my music? And he's like, God told me that I could have anything I wanted in this world, and I want you. And Mandy starts laughing at Jeremiah, and Jeremiah gets pissed, and he tells all of his cult members, like, don't look at me, don't look at me. And they're all looking away, like, trying not to laugh at him. And so, Jeremiah is like, okay, well, I got something for you. He heads outside and stabs Red in his side with a very sweet-ass blade. And he is bound and gagged with barbed wire. So he is just left to die. And they drag Mandy outside, stuffed in a... Just a sleeping bag? It was a bag. It was like a... Yeah, like a tarp or something. Yeah. Drag her outside and they set Mandy on fire. And so Red breaks free. And he is crying over Mandy's ashes. And so he heads back inside and has himself a nightmare because he has been through a lot. So he sleeps off the damage to his body. It's like a video game, honestly. And so he wakes up, drinks legit a full bottle of vodka, fixes up his wounds, and just starts screaming. And it's like a good two, three minutes of Nicolas Cage in the bathroom with no pants on drinking vodka and screaming and crying and like i said i've never had to deal with trying to fight against demonic bikers because they took the person i loved away from me but i i think i wouldn't be in a good place either <laughs> so the next morning red heads out to meet his friend carruthers oh my lord is bill duke you remember that old black guy you know where he was from katie Mm-mm. he was in the original predator movie so he was mac he was the one that was shaving dry. Yeah. And then he was the one that, gonna have me some fun. Gonna have me some fun. And then he got lasered in the head. He did not have himself some fun out in the jungle. <laughs> so, Carruthers hands Red back his fancy pants crossbow. And he gives him some freshly crafted bolts. And he's like, these bolts are legit. And he's like, what are you hunting, bud? And he's like, oh, what did he say? Oh, some hippies. And he's like, what did the hippies do? And he's like, they took her away from me. And he starts crying. So Carruthers explains to Red that the Black Skulls, they were drug mules back in the day. And they became sadomasochists. And I'll explain what that means. After they took some very bad LSD. So a sadomasochist, for the folks out there that don't know what that word means, good for you. It's a terrible word. But it's people 
that gain sexual pleasure from receiving and giving out pain. So if you watch the movie Hellraiser or any of the 11 movies that they've made, Pinhead and his group, they get their jollies off by peeling people's skin off. That's the whole basis of those movies. Pinhead is like, hey man, if you open up that cube and let me free, I'll give you the best sex of your life. And people are like, fuck yeah, man. I've done everything on Earth. What do you have to show me, Mr. Angel? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna like peel your dick backwards. That's really good stuff. And he's like, that don't sound good, Mr. Pinhead. He's like, it's gonna be good for me. (laughs) And takes them away dragging off by hooks so that's what hellraiser is all about freaky deaky sex angels so if you didn't know now you know that's that's hellraiser (laughs) so red heads off and makes himself a weapon because carruthers is really worried about him he's like dude your odds of survival are really low dude these guys aren't human i hope you can do it and he looks at him he's like i got this and makes himself Probably one of the coolest battle axes I've ever seen. One end has a stabby point. And there's multiple stabby points on it. But like the handle part where you hold it has a legit like stabby part. And it's got multiple handholds in it. So you can hold it different ways. And he heads out to fight against the black skulls. So he finds one black skull and shoots him um, with, with a crossbow and goes to run him over. And he crashes his car. (laughs) And then he gets captured. So Red is, one arm is handcuffed, and one hand is just nailed into the floor. And so he's watching this house. Um, The Black Skulls have murdered people and done bad things to them, but the majority killed them. And so Red breaks free, drop kicks one guy into this big-ass pit, and then one dude's watching porn with his like knife penis and red murders that guy slits his throat and gets coke blood in his face so the dude just sniffed the biggest actually put his face into a mound of coke he like tony montagna did yeah and so red slices that dude's throat and so he gets coke blood in his face and he starts laughing afterward and around this point he is constantly drunk or taking drugs uh, he grabs a shard of glass and just sniffs a big old, big old pile of coke. So Red has just been jacked up this whole movie. So he's systematically hunting down all of the Black Skulls, and he actually takes them all out. So he makes it to the hideout. And so he has multiple hallucinations, because like I said... He's been taking a lot of drugs, a lot of fancy LSD drugs and just coke, and multiple visions of seeing Mandy in cartoon form. His head melts in clay form. <laughs> it's, it's crazy stuff. So, in one of his hallucinations, he sees a radio tower, and so he is trying to find where that is, because that'll get him to where he needs to go. So, he finds the radio tower, and he encounters... The chemist. And so this guy is the one that has been manufacturing the drugs for the Black Skulls, which in relationship, he knows where Jeremiah is. And so Red says nothing when he comes into this drug den. 
but then his face makes the chemist release his lion. Oh, tiger. He had a tiger. Releases his tiger, Lizzie, and Lizzie scoots out of the room. And then the chemist is like, oh, wow. I'm so sorry they did that to you. It's like, you've been through so much. And just Red's face. And he's like, they're, they, they're at this location in the quarry. Go get them, bud. It's like, I, I feel for you. So Red heads out to take out the children of the New Dawn. So Red kills Brother Swan. He stabs his axe, the pointy end, all in his mouth and just jams it in there until the dude bleeds out. Hanker and Klopik, their other brothers, one just gets an axe just hucked at him from down the street. And the other guy, Red has himself a chainsaw fight. And at this point, I really had a big old smile because I love when movies have chainsaws in them. It makes me happy. But then the bad guy takes out a chainsaw that, you know, Victor Crowley used in the second Hatchet movie. It was just as long. Probably the same one, honestly. And so they have themselves a chainsaw fight. And Red wins. So Red heads into the Children of the New Dawn, the, their home base. And so he meets Sister Lucy. She was one of the ladies that was in the group, but she seems to be a newer member and kind of brainwashed and red actually lets her go doesn't kill her because she doesn't seem to really be down with the terribleness that they've been doing so red finds mother marlene she was the one that gave mandy the drugs at the beginning and he saw her earlier and mother marlene tries to seduce red and then later on we see uh her head just bounce into a room so he decapitate her excellent and then Jeremiah is just in a room waiting. And then Jeremiah's like, hey man, this this little journey of yours of revenge, it just led you to me. You don't need to kill me. This is not what it's not what you're here for. God said I'm supposed to do the, these things. And Red just walks toward him. And then little by little we see Jeremiah break down. And he goes from being the chosen one of his God to being a little bitch and he actually tells him he's like what do you want from me he's like i'll suck your dick man don't kill me and red smushes his head in just pops it like a grape and i was like hooray and then he sets jeremiah sand's body in a church on fire he finds himself a car and he drives off so as he's driving off he sees another vision of mandy and he actually goes back to the first time they met. And they met at some club. And like a he, bar. Yeah, he had his favorite shirt on, 44. And he pictures her in a car with him. And they're both nice and clean and happy. And then it pops back to how he really looks. And he's absolutely covered in blood with a big old smile on his face. And he drives off into the night. And that is Mandy. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in... Mandy. Red was literally the only person in this movie that wasn't a piece of shit that we see for more than like 30 seconds. So it's got to be Red. Yeah, ditto. Yeah. yeah. He... That was kind of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we do get a bit of Mandy, I guess, but not enough to really like her. Like, I don't know. We only see her for a couple minutes and then she's taken and it's brutal and 
horrible and yeah it's got to be red yeah I mean, it was yeah we got 90 percent of the movie was red getting revenge you know so who is your least favorite character katie and Marjorie? It was um, all of the cultists, actually, not just Jeremiah. Just um, cults as a whole are fucking horrible, and especially cults in horror movies because they just do the most terrible things. But if I had to pick a single person from this cult, it would be Mother Marlene because she was an absolute fucking bitch. Yeah, she was garbage water, and that's usually how it works. Like, the main person, you know, Jeremiah is absolutely terrible. But it's the people that are so down with the cause that they absolutely do terrible things. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, they're honestly worse than the leader. You know, for what we have seen of Charles Manson, he's an absolute monster. But some of those people that were down with him, probably his first lieutenants and stuff... They're probably, they probably were, absolute terrible people. So, yeah, uh, I wrote cults. Jeremiah was poop, but he got his comeuppance real quick, so yeah. I was happy about that. So, now let's do seven word synopsis. So I have two of them, maybe three. I'll check in my notes yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah, I get to be mad at you right now. Okay, you go first. Nick Cage goes John Wick against cultists. Hey, you just had one? Yeah. So, my first one is, John Wick meets Kill Bill meets Logan. So, in that sense of John Wick, hey, I used to be an absolute machine, a monster, but I found somebody, so I'm happy. Oh, you took that thing away from me? I guess I'm, here I go killing again. <laughs> yeah. So, John Wick and Kill Bill, it's the same situation. Um, the bride was very much more, no, John Wick was scorched earth also. Mm-hmm. Um, after that dog died, he's like, if you get in my way, I will kill you. Just Absolutely. like, just like the bride. She's like, you know, kills one of the bad people and a little girl standing there and she's like, Hey man, if you got a problem with what I'm doing, find me when you're old enough. But just let you know, little girl, mom had it coming and walks away. She's like, I don't give a fuck about your feelings right now. Your mom was a bad person. And then Logan the whole you made me care again <laughs> now i'm doing dumb stuff to try to save your life or just get revenge you know they're like hey logan don't take all these shots at once i won't damn i'm not stupid so yeah i remember taking all the shots at once running down the woods shirtless <laughs> and my last one was another wild movie with a chainsaw weapon like i said i love watching movies with chainsaws it's the best so this film came out september 14th 2018 so what do you think the budget for mandy was katie i said three dollar dues six dollar dues oh goddamn. yeah um like the music the visuals i i just don't know how long it takes to to get a scene just right when it looks the way this movie looked but i don't know the closer we get to now times an ordinary movie probably takes like five dollar dues to make just to crack out something. So I don't know. I guess, but this is, wasn't an ordinary movie. There literally no. had nobody in this movie of note except for Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage has been saying yes to any movie that he gets offered. So it's not like they had to pay him, you know, some extraordinary amount of money. He probably would have done this for like a ham sandwich and a 
bag of like fucking chips. <laughs> the dude is just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you want me to be silent and murder a bunch of folks? Yeah, I'm in. Just tell me where to be. Where, where do I go? And then he did Willy's Wonderland, where yeah. he doesn't say any words. Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. And he said, like, ten words in a bunch of other films where he just is, like, a crazy murderer dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, revenge-seeking murderer. This Nicolas Cage's typecast. Yeah. So what do you think the box office was? Now, remember... This one came out as a festival film. It had a short run in the theaters, but then it was kind of just on demand. I literally said none because I didn't know that it came out in theaters. Just for I a little bit of time. I assumed it was just on uh, streaming. So if it had a theater run and it was short and it was Sundance, I'm going to say like 750000 or dollar dinks. That's a reasonable... Actually, it's pretty reasonable you're not that far from it it made 1.7 dollar reduce okay so i mean you were on the right page but yeah yeah it it didn't have a big run but this was this is an indie film that's really long for an indie film and really long for a horror film this movie was 30 minutes longer than it needed to be honestly but you know those fancy beautiful films like this you know the director has a point to show some idea, you know what I mean? I don't want to... Don't make it sound pompous. It's like, like, cults are bad, okay? What's the point of this? <laughs> it's just like, why are we... Why is it still going? Yeah. We passed the 90-minute mark, and we still have half an hour left. And it was just like, okay, this is a lot. No. Okay, so, minority kill count. I want to say zero. Big old zero. A lot of white people died. Yeah, because, you know, and, cults. And sadomasochists, but they had... Things on their head, so we can really tell. Well, they were demons, so. I'm a fucking demon. I'm a fucking demon. They were not human. <laughs> so, the number is still 390, and a Tito turtle in a house, in a plane full of vampires. So, Katie, do you have anything else to say about Mandy before we get out of here? Save yourself two hours and watch Willy's Wonderland instead. Damn, but kind of true. Like I said, <laughs> if you want to see what Nick Cage, you know, do some shit. Like Willy's Wonderland is far more entertaining. Yes, it is. I like this movie for what it was. It was a crazy, drugged up dream of yeah. an action film. That's what's what it was. Willy's Wonderland, you know, is a badass fighting animatronics, demonic animatronics, man. It's. To be fair, I don't know anything about drugs, but this movie was probably meant to be watched while on drugs. Oh, yeah. Like, this movie would probably be a lot more scary and interesting if I was high on it. anything. Well, well, there were a couple of scenes where you're seeing people on drugs in the scene. like Yeah. Like, the room would, like, bulge. Yeah, things would happen. after images voices got deeper and katie was like why does his voice get all demonic right then i'm like oh because jeremiah is probably on drugs right now yeah so that's, that's what, what he's, he's hearing seeing. yeah so yeah there's a lot of moments where it's so like, if the watcher if the viewer of the film was on drugs this film would be just an insane movie yeah but as someone who was completely sober this was just like eh. yeah like i said it's enjoyable for what it was you know, I'm not going to say this should win all of the Academy Awards or anything. I'm just going to fight for it. It's too long. 
Yeah, but I will say, and Katie said it first, Willy's Wonderland, I enjoyed it a little bit more. It's the better film. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun watching monsters get scared of a human. It's funny to me. What does he say at the end? No mas, Tito Turtle. Yeah, no mas. No mas. No mas. Getting his ass stomped in the street. Yep. It's just hilarious, you know? Yep. (laughs) So with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any other ideas or fun facts about, I don't know, demonic cults or taking drugs and stuff, uh, you can send all that to Katie at Allentown Pod. We have an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentown Presents. So this was episode 11 in the pocket in the books out of sight. We have 20 more scary films. And like I said, for what this movie was, then are all gems, you know. But I, I, I liked it a lot. It was just weird. But we have tons more ideas. We're going to review super fresh movies and super old movies that's kind of our bag here and movies that are right in the middle maybe a movie with paul walker in it we'll see <laughs> so the music you listen to right now that is flip and combined effort flip in the ce anywhere you can find them is studio fitas thank you so much for the artwork so um you got anything to say no nope. she doesn't have anything to say she loved this movie so much she's quiet now yeah, sure, that's what it was. <laughs> so, for Katie, for me, for little Bella that just ran out the room, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Oh, I didn't even bring up the Cheddar Goblin. Oh, yeah. That commercial. So, uh, fun fact, there's a commercial as Red wakes up, and it's a video of just this goblin eating macaroni and cheese cheese. it's like a specific type of macaroni and cheese and he's going crazy for it like he's a cheddar goblin yeah and so fun fact the kids in the commercial are like oh no the cheddar goblin they're gonna eat all of our macaroni and cheese yeah and fun fact the creator of that commercial is the same person that did the yule log movie and too many cooks too many cooks too many cooks so it's, and it was for sure a play on a fucking craft macaroni and oh, cheese absolutely, commercial. Absolutely. That box is exactly the same. So uh, it, it made me smile. Katie's like, what the fuck? And I was like... <laughs> it was so weird. I, I was not completely surprised by it because I remember someone saying... So I watched that Mandy movie and there's like a macaroni and cheese commercial. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, it was weird. And then I remember hearing something about Too Many Cooks guy making a commercial for the movie. And I was like, well, I'll be dipped. Yep, Cheddar Goblin. That sounds sounds like an Adult Swim thing. And it was. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Bye.